Yes. So we're live. We are live. Okay. Have we started yet? Have we? St- I don't know. Have we started? Yes. We, we might have started. Okay. I never know when we start. <sighs> This is a good tea. Okay. Let's think. Let's maybe start. Start. <clears throat> so welcome everybody. Hello. To episode six of Safe Space, our somewhat Buddhist podcast. With me, Robert, and, and Davide. <clears throat> so welcome back, everybody. If you have made it through the first five episodes, well done. So what are we going to talk about today? We are talking about change. Why? Why should we change? Or who, who's changing? Let's... We, we could maybe change the weather. It's really windy out there. So, yeah, it's May and we're in the south of France, but we are basically in the middle of a week-long storm. With rain and wind. Everything. So, so the, the background noises you hear is the wind outside. Yep. So I guess we're not going to change the weather. That doesn't sound too Buddhist. It's going to change, but we won't be changing it. Yeah, but not on, because of us. So, well, Buddhism seems to be, as far as I can gather, it's all about changing oneself, isn't it? That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. Or is it changing about... It is definitely about oneself. It's not about somebody else. Well, that is, that is the tricky part, I think, when you talk <clears throat> about change. and There is a kind of kind of inbuilt progression of, of, of several things when you start in the Buddhist, on the Buddhist path because part of the path is not changing but actually getting to know what it is and what <clears> is not. So you think you are something and you want to become something else and then neither of the two turn out to be kind of true or reliable. So the whole thing, you start with a certain idea and then as you progress, you go like, ah, so both my starting point and my arrive point are quite different from what I thought at the beginning. So it's kind of, you kind of get yored in with this idea that you could be more happy, that things could go better, that... Yeah, I mean, we want to be, I mean, I guess we all want to be more happy. Yeah. Unless you just happen to be drunk, then maybe you're quite fine, but you might just want to be more happy. And yeah, I guess kind of Buddhist teachings would suggest that changing yourself would be a good way to get about go about it, isn't it? Yeah. But then then, you know, they get you through the door with the idea of changing yourself mm-hmm. and then or you get through the door. And then one of the first things that you think about is changing who actually and into what precisely. Well actually I was just wondering I mean there's all this talk about Buddha nature and That's right. Fundamental goodness, and yeah. we all have Buddha inside, and all these things. So, do we even need to change? Well, <laughs> this is one of those things where if you go one extreme and and say we have to change in the sense that there's nothing, uh, you know, there's nothing okay with us at the moment, you, it's, it becomes quite impossible. To accept the whole system. And if you go the other way around, then there's nothing to change because we are fine already. 
Well, fact is that we are not particularly happy. So that is not going to help too much. Yep. Unless, unless the message is, is never going to get any better than that. <laughs> and then that's it. But I don't think it's that. And, uh, and it's true that kind of different types of Buddhist approach in different kind of traditions emphasize the aspect of changing or rather kind of finding out what you are not. And other aspects are the form of Buddhism, if you want, emphasize more what you are instead. Because the, the problem is both that we kind of don't know who we are and then we think we're something else. It's like the born identity. Okay. The guy has two problems. He doesn't remember he was a kind of whatever, he was a killer and, and you know, yeah. which probably was good, but it doesn't matter. But also he thinks he's some other guy and then nothing really works. So in this case, it's similar. It's like either you spend a lot of time talking about, no, you're not, not really that, not, you're not really that. Or you start by saying you're somebody else. Yeah, which doesn't work really. That's difficult. Yeah, it doesn't work because this, the other thing... See, that's where the born identity simile doesn't work because this other thing that you're supposed to learn to know that you are is so fundamentally different from, from the perception you have of yourself. Now, there's not like changing name or hair color or whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's so fundamental. You cannot exchange them. So there's a kind, of a kind of a quantum leap, if you want, there of knowledge that you need to have in order to embrace this Buddha nature. It's not like... Robert, you're not Robert, you're Buddha Robert. <laughs> and that's everything is fine. Because the idea of Robert is based on, 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 on tons of assumption and a strange projection and attachments. And as long as they are there, there's no way you can really embrace this other Buddha thing. Which is very different. Yeah, you're kind of losing me there, but... Doesn't, okay. <clears throat> People should know that I gave Robert a very potent uh, sleep sleeping tea. Yeah, so, and I'm back on coffee after three weeks of a break. So we are really on different time zones at the moment. We somehow manage. <laughs> <clears throat> so I guess we we do have to change. So actually, one I mean, one Buddhist teacher and. We are trying to kind of piss off each nationality. Like each episode, we pick one nationality to piss off. So in this case, <clears throat> one Buddhist teacher actually said, the spiritual path is, is about ceasing to being American and becoming a good human being. He was teaching in the US, I guess. He was definitely teaching the US and teaching mm -hmm. in the US, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, one interim goal is becoming a good human being. Yeah, but he's also pointing out Uh, I think, you know, it's also pointing out what I was saying before that uh, in this case, if you are so attached to your identity as being uh, of a certain nationality, th that's a distraction from being, first of all, even to know all the possibilities. It's very difficult to become an open-minded, sensible, sensitive human being if all you think about is that you belong to a certain superior kind of subset of the population of the earth. Yeah. That could be the, you know, it could be Chinese, American, Japanese. Yeah. And of course we know that in the, you know, American uh, culture, there's a very strong emphasis of na nationalism, which in Europe, because we had a couple of bad incidents with, <laughs> with nationalisms, <laughs> both in my country and in your neighbor country, uh, 
we kind of tend to not overemphasize, especially, man, that's a, another point, but especially countries who kind of lost the Second World War. Yeah. You don't really kind of overemphasize the nationalism aspect of it because it went well, quite... it's not just nationalism, and that kind of links us back a little bit to, to the last episode. <clears throat> That all these concepts we have about ourselves, like, yeah, I am Austrian in my case. You're kind of limiting yourself. You're completely not looking who you are. You're just putting a label on it. And that stops you from even going further about looking at who you are. Or, yeah, I mean, the whole discussion somehow was about yeah. looking at where we, where we are now and what we have to change and... If instead of looking, you just put a label and you say, I am Austrian or I'm a mathematician. You freeze the whole thing, right? Yeah. You're not looking further. That's you just it, yeah. put a word, you put a concept, which, as we decided last time, has no proper definition. As soon as you start looking at it, it makes no sense whatsoever. So, yeah, it's. I think it's quite tricky to actually find out where you are at the moment. Even as far as going, like, are you are you happy at the moment or not? I always find that, uh, you know, that question quite uh, disconcerting. Like, as long as I wasn't thinking about whether I'm happy or not, I was whatever I was. But sometimes I take the question, oh, that's, uh, hello? <laughs> just a sec. So we were just talking about the question, are you happy or not? Yeah, and I, the fact that I have, as long as I don't look in there, you know, I might be relatively happy or unhappy. But then, actually, the question is quite deep. But although people don't mean it like that, right? They just like, how, how do you do, or like, how are you? Yeah. But then I kind of. But I've seen a lot of people. You know, you ask them, "Are you happy?" And they have a concept of how they are. Mm. You know, they might have been really grumpy when they got up because they couldn't get a cup of coffee in the morning or something or the cat was walking all over the face while they were sleeping. So you might be getting up and you have this thing like, oh, I'm really grumpy this morning. And then things change. It's a nice weather, not like now, but let's assume it's really nice and sunny and you have a nice cup of coffee. But you're still under the impression you're grumpy just because you decided to be grumpy much earlier. And yeah. even though you actually feel perfectly fine and happy, if somebody asks you, how are you? He's going to say, oh, I had a bad morning. I'm completely grumpy. <laughs> People do that. Yeah. You kind of decide. It's like this saying, yeah, I'm 18 years old now. And if somebody asks you how old you are, you're not kind of calculating when was my birthday. So I'm now that old. You just kind of. It's locked in your brain. I'm 18 years old now. So from now onwards, if somebody asks me, how old are you? I'm 18 years. Some people are like that. Are you happy? No, I'm grumpy. They're not grumpy at all. They're just... They were grumpy. And the they last time it, they yeah. looked, they were <laughs> grumpy. And they haven't looked since. There should be a refresh button there. And yeah. kind of refresh your state of happiness. So, yeah, I guess it's important to know where we are think it's important to know who we are and like what is the basis of uh, you know like you know we're talking about the river the other time like what is the basis for the for for our feeling of okay that's me 
Because actually, that's where the whole thing happened. It's like the whole definition and sense of who I am is the actual basis for both the problems and the solution to the problems. So it's like... Uh, Even before we ask, you know, how we can change things or how we can change ourselves, it's, it's really the first question. It's like, it's, it's like, who are we? Like, what, or rather, who do we think we are? Actually, will be the, the more precise question. So, what is it based on? Like, how does it look like? Yeah. You know, how do we? When did we? Actually, we don't have memories from very small uh, children. But I have one from five years old. But that's about that's wow. early on. That's good. But you don't remember the first time you. According to, you know, I think develop uh, uh, child psychology, there's a moment where you start actually s perceiving yourself as a different entity or as a thing, you know, that you call me. And apparently before you're a little bit more open uh, to other possibilities <laughs> <laughs> or like you don't care about well, me. It's like much more immediate and simple. But at some point we bundle this thing, right? Because I think I was saying the other, day, the other time that the thing that is... The, the data, the basic data for the whole thing are perceptions and thoughts. Yeah. Actually perceptions because you perceive thought as well. So you could say everything we perceive both externally, internally yeah. is, is given. Anything else is whatever, right? So how do we bundle all this stuff together? Why don't we say, you know, anything that has happened is happening on the right side of my body. Plus any thought that is happy is one person <laughs> and anything that's to the left plus all sad thoughts, those things to get things together is another person. That would actually be a nice experiment. Wow. To separate it out, like, <clears throat> this is my happy side, this is my unhappy side. Now, these days they will send you to a shrink, I guess, because then you must yeah, Everybody goes to a shrink, it does nothing new. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like the, the, there's a bundling. You bundle things together, and this, which themselves are bundles anyway. Yeah. But, and then you decide, okay, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and the strongest thing we, we bundle is me. And, 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 and that's both the basis of how we think we are and how we think we can be more happy because we try to improve that bundle. I was just trying to picture a cartoon with the main characters being these bundles. And when I think bundles, it's like bundles of straw kind of tied together. So maybe that's not exactly what you meant. I'm thinking something could be... You know what the Italian name for bundles is? What's the Italian bundle? Fascio. And that's where the <laughs> word fascism come from. Because it was the symbol they had uh, during Mussolini's time. Yeah, had it was this, a bundle of... was a bundle of, I think, some straw, straw with, yeah. a, with an axe or something in the middle. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so much about bundles. Um, yeah, so it's... We bundle these things together of who, you, who we are. And so then my next question would be, well, can we change? Because, I mean, Buddhists believe in this kind of notion of karma. And if you look at this in a very simplified way, you might just say, well, it's all karmically given anyway, what happens to me. So I cannot really change anything. 
I think you're supposed to say no. That's not true. You're oh, not no, supposed no. to kind that's of right. not <laughs> and go. Yes, 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 yes. Of course, Robert. That's not the way it's pr- presented, and it might be misinterpreted this way. But it's not like that. It's a quite actually is a quite complex uh, system that from, it, it, I think is quite scientific. It's like you know, there's a number of causes and conditions, and they all interact. Some some of the results of some of the things that we uh, experience today are results of stuff we did in the past, uh, either in this life or in a pre- previous life. And but then every time we do something, we create a new karma. And actually, the, the important thing that makes the distinction between being fatalistic or not fatalistic is that karmic results are karmically neutral. What the, does that mean? That means that, um, okay, let's say you do something and because you did something, something happened to you. That thing that happens to you does not have any karmic imprint in and of itself. So that cycle is done. The cycle, sorry, is done. Uh, Okay, you killed an ant and then, uh, you know, in a few years later you get, uh, you know, a, a brick drop on your foot. That's the end of the story. Finished. That that's that kind of episode is finished. Now, how you react to the to the thing to the to the fact that this brick fell on your foot? That's how you create new karma. So if you get very angry, and you know, and whatever, then you create new karma yeah. with that. But but in and of itself doesn't create new karma, so it's not impossible to stop. And it's interesting because in some version of of histories of uh, stories of the Buddha's life and other enlightened being, beings, there's an interesting effect that they have finished creating new karma, but they still experience for a few years, let's say, you know, s- stuff. You no, know, there are stories like Buddha had a headache. Some point, say, well, how can you have a headache? You said everything is a result of karma. You stop, of course, because you're Buddha, right? You don't create new karma. He said, yeah. Now I don't do, I don't create any karma. This thing is because something I did in the past when I was creating karma. And as long as this thing is not kind of consumed, used, it's an energy, if okay. you could say, it's going to come so, up. So actually karma is not stopping us from changing. No. But the, however we react in the moment. Yes. Determines what, yeah. what might happen to us in the future. I think the real key, uh, what they call kind of uh, habitual tendencies. Because one of the, one of the, one of the things that we do when we do something, especially if we do it repeatedly, it becomes a habit that kind of gets ingrained in our... Yeah, that's what I find. I mean, from my personal experience, and you're on the spiritual path, you probably... You, you see yourself a little bit clearer slowly. Mm. How you behave, how you interact with other people, how you react. And you're probably not going to like it so much what you see, generally, no. isn't it? I mean, you might find like, oh, I'm really terrible with this. Or kind of if I get stressed, I really behave like an Mm. asshole or whatever. And you might think, I really got to change this. This is not good. I mean, and the next time the situation comes, you reacting in the same way as before. Yeah, because you get used to it. Yeah, the habits and it says this habitual way of reacting yeah. or behaving and that's that's incredibly strong it's very strong i think it's it's also what makes this impression that we that we exist in in a form of a very you know strong unit like you say i am 
Davide, and that's, that's a predefined, you know, very monolithic thing. A lot of it is due to habitual tendencies. Actually, I convince myself that I am this kind of thing, that monolithic entity, because there's a predictability to it. Also, I mean, also because there's a predictability. So, uh, you know, everybody knows David is the one who does this. It, you know, I, you know, if I show up and I start behaving in a way which is completely different from what people are used to, it would be diffi- more difficult to define David. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, and that's a fact. And to change though is very difficult. I think there's also a neurological basis for that. It's not. It's like. If you keep doing the same things in the same way, uh, you know, your brain kind of restructure around those and create faster and more accessible paths for yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of neuro, neuro, plasticity. neuroplasticity, or, yeah, you would possibly say these habits have kind of really engraved themselves that, in the brain. Yeah, that's right. So it's easy to like, yeah, bzz, behave, you that know, way. behave that way. There's no, and it takes a lot of time and, yeah. and, uh, energy to change that and and it's uncomfortable at the beginning it's always uncomfortable at the beginning when you change something you're used to do in a certain way oh, there, there's the enumeration isn't it in Buddhist teachings about the different obscurations yeah. emotional, cognitive habitual, karmic and habitual and, karmic, and yeah. habituals are the last ones to go yeah. Just, yeah. just before you reach enlightenment yeah your last habits yeah. are going to go. So There are some habits there that are so subtle. I mean, we're not talking about the habit of habit. Yeah, we're not talking about the gross habits. <laughs> kind of, I really need to have a cup of coffee in the That's morning. Right. Which, by the way... Or I get angry every time I get an email. Not that kind of habit. Well, that would be a bad one. habit these days with the number of emails we receive. <laughs> um, yeah, but... <laughs> Certain emails they manage to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. About coffee, I can tell you, man. I mean, oh, so much better with, with a cup of coffee. Anyway... Um, so it's basically if you want to change ourselves, we have to change our habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else is like mm. changing karma is it's gonna happen slowly because you change your habits, therefore you react differently, therefore yeah. karma changes. But it's not gonna be like a s- immediate. It's kind of a, a consequence. Uh, I mean, the way I understand it, I would say the cognitive and and emotional obscuration are also based on. T- some form of habit because you're used to see things in a certain way or react in a certain way. I mean, that's what makes it difficult. What makes it difficult to change the way I react to something? And as you were describing, sometimes you even have a clear moment of recognizing that that reaction is wrong, unhelpful. You really, you really don't want to don't want to do it again. But for a quite long time, you will find yourself doing it again. Yes, it's not enough. Is. It's not yeah. enough just to kind of know it, even to know it kind of deeply to realize it's just ingra- ingrained. Yeah, it's really, I mean, maybe for other people it's easier to change habits, but for me it's incredibly hard to change a habit. It is the, I don't know. I haven't seen people, I haven't, I don't think it's easy for anybody. Mm-hmm. Honestly. That's actually in the, in one Buddhist teachings, in the teachings on the, what's it called, the eight, this division of mind into this... The eight consciousnesses. Eight consciousnesses, yeah. thank you. Hmm. There's this all-ground consciousness, right. this alaya. Well, in that case, it's called alaya. In other teachings, alaya means something else. But in the teaching of the eight consciousnesses, there's an hmm. alaya, which is said to store all your habitual imprints, how we react, how we perceive the world, all of these things. Yeah, because, 
I mean, for 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 the Buddhist kind of uh, system to work, you cannot pinpoint it completely to the brain because it goes over more than one life, and the brain, of course, the case. Yes. So if your if everything was relate related and relatable to how the brain works, then you could apply the same system, saying within one life, but uh, then you wouldn't have anything anything to really connect the dots between lives, and that's one of the yeah. one of the you know things that it's it's a funny one i i it's one of the you know as a buddhist you're not encouraged to kind of base too much on belief and you're s- supposed to test everything but that one of the you know the rebirth is one of the thing that you'll find out but it's really difficult to prove it you know while we are basically what they say is that it's difficult to prove it while you're relatively ignorant and obscured and it's actually uh, obfuscated it's actually not so difficult once you, you know, are spiritually developed to remember past lives. And then you have a direct perception and then you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. But on the other hand, it does explain a lot. <clears throat> and also, there's even this teaching that your karmic or your karma kind of does determine like in which family you get reborn mm-hmm. and in what kind of situation you find yourself. So... It would explain a lot that even like, for example, in a family, there's certain tendencies that all the family, all the kids might have. But you, yeah. And you could just say, because they all had a similar karma, they were all reborn in the same family. So because they had a similar karma, they do also behave in a similar way. I always think that Mozart is one of a, a typical example. I mean, that guy must have been an amazing musician before. He died at some point, and all he thought was about music. So he managed to be born, I think, in a musician's family. Family, yeah. And of course, he was like, he, 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 like ridiculously, ridiculously um, pro, talented. Ca- yeah, talented. Yeah. I mean, he was like when he was eight, he was doing things that people don't manage to do in one in one whole life. And for me, it's like a typical story. Yeah, he has he has a strong musical karmic imprint there and also not only that but he wants to continue kind of on a if you want i always imagine that if you die with a very strong kind of really strong wish to do this one specific thing or that one thing that is really completely well that is going to have an impact you know uh, and if you're lucky it's something nice as music uh, if it's yeah. like you know some thought of revenge you might be born but in mozart the... didn't have particularly happy life either no but he <clears> had <throat> He had had this one thing, that the music was the thing that he was interested in, and he managed to do a lot. So, um, by coming back to this kind of alaya or ground consciousness, which keeps the seeds of all our habitual patterns, that doesn't really exist either, isn't it? I mean, that's an interim explanation from a Buddhist point of view. Almost everything from a Buddhist point of view, <laughs> yes, becomes an interim thing. That's that's the that's the game basically, yeah. uh, you know. And when we say from a Buddhist point of view, is also, you know, a result of many centuries of further kind of research. If you want, if you want, even after the Buddha died, like interpreting and trying to understand mm-hmm. what he was saying, because he didn't teach in a in a very systematic way. He taught like very long, relatively long kind of sutras, and he would explain different things in to different people within the same teaching and it's only later that you know other masters kind of like Nagarjuna you know really went through 
and try to systematize and come up with a system. And when we say, you know, some some schools within the history of, of, of Buddhism kind of uh, consider a certain explanation to be definitive until another guy comes up and say, uh, wait a minute, that is also just yeah. in between step. Just just a better a better approximation of you know of 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 the of the other version but actually what we were saying the other the other time is that you know we talk this majamika prasangika yeah. philosophy which is the one that doesn't have Basically any position telling everybody else you got it wrong and, and when here's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they do it in a very annoying way but because they don't have a position they they always um they are they're bound to find a fault in your position based on your beliefs. They cannot use anything else because they don't have a position. Yeah. So they would never say, it's not like this because it's like that. They just was, would only point out uh, that if you say that in your system, there are a lot of uh, problems, uh, problems in, the in the end. And they just show that. And then you say, so, and the end you go, so what? And they say, what, what? And, <laughs> so and they say, yeah. nothing, that's it. <laughs> you, you know, just stop. Basically, you know, stop trying to find, uh, try to solve a problem that is unsolvable because you're using the wrong tool to do something. You're using your kind of some sort of intellectual aspect of the mind, you know, to find out what is the actual definitive nature of things, mm-hmm. which is it's, it's nothing to do with. So actually, if you apply this whole kind of arguments and view of, of what's called emptiness in the English language, which is mm-hmm. obviously a terrible translation. Mm. This whole kind of all-ground consciousness, which supposedly stores your habits, mm. falls apart when you analyze it. Yeah. <clears throat> and which is actually good news because in the end, what you arrive at is, well, my habits are actually not really somewhere written in stone. That's right. It's not like they're irreversible or... We believe that, but actually, it's us constantly re- regenerating them. There is literally nothing written in stone. Yeah, literally, absolutely nothing. Or in any other material. Or in, <laughs> it just gives the impression to be. It gives be the impression to be quite lasting. Of, yeah. Or really hard to change, but yeah. actually, it's it's just causes and conditions, and like your previous behavior kind of does trigger you to behave again in the same way. And the trick is that it's self-perpetuating. That's when it becomes a bit difficult. Yeah. Because the more you do it, the more you get used to it, and the more you get ingrained. And yeah. it, you can break this, the, 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 the cycle, but it's a kind of a, it's difficult. It's a cash 22. Yeah, but that's actually good news. Yeah. It's not like super tough kind of, I don't know, steel made out of steel and you no. have to work really hard to kind of bend it. It's actually not there. Your habits are ultimately not there. Yeah. So it's not even a question of changing ultimately. It's just a question of stopping. Yeah, and again, I think it's I think it's Like accepting or like realizing that there's more flexibility than it feels like is the first step. That you can, ch- you know, that you can literally do anything at any time. Yeah. You could. 
you could. There's no real limit to that. So you could be a, a, a very nice person all the time. There's absolutely no reason not to be that. Of course, it's it's not easy. But it's not easy because your habits are there like thousand tons of stones. Yeah. But it's not easy because of our habits, we kind of keep coming back. Doing yeah, we're just thing. used to it. And sometimes yeah. we become tight and we uh, we just forget that there's a possibility. But I, what for me is interesting is also that there's a double kind of trick that we need to be aware of and, and be a little bit mindful of. It's not too... Um, it has to be real, the whole thing. I just said, you know, you could be a nice person all the time. And if you do it in a non... Like, if you try to paint over your anger with something that you you think is, uh, you know, kindness, but it's very superficial and you don't work with the actual emotions behind it, nothing changes. Basically. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we are not saying like, oh, just pretend you're not angry. That doesn't really help. It, it might, doesn't help at all. It might, in certain cases, it's good because you might avoid doing things that are very negative. So it's good sometimes to just, okay, well, I'm not going <laughs> to freeze, you know, yeah. literally like the police say, freeze, and you freeze. But that's not going to take care of the problem on long term. No, that you have to go deeper. And sometimes we, you know, I find myself, I find that for, for a while I... Although that intellectually, I, I think I understood that quite early. Uh, you know, I, I kind of try to be better than I actually am for, a, for a quite a long time. And then, and then I miss the opportunity to actually change, really. It's like, you know, there's an alias of me. Yeah. And, and I kind of miss the opportunity of working with the real thing. And then I discover that that, you know, angry person didn't improve while this other alias uh, was, you know, trying to do nice things. And there has to be a real, a real change. Yeah. But even the both works, I mean, that's actually also the funny thing, that sometimes it's quite good to just ignore your emotions and just behave yeah. as though they were not there. Sometimes that helps. Yeah. <clears throat> or actually can build up a different habit. Well, but this kind of whitewashing, what you say... Yeah, it depends also if it's like, if it's a strategy that you have for, for short term yeah. and, and, you know, I, I think you can use it. If you have the flexibility, you just, you know, okay, that person said something annoying. I don't need to say anything because we're talking about something else. Let's, you know, or you can use it, but if you constantly... In a light situation, yeah, but right. if you're completely angry and upset inside. And then if you all the time... Really have, have, yeah, and yeah. as if you do it all the time so that you don't even notice anymore. I think there's a problem there because you 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 missed the opportunity to that thing is stored somewhere, and unless you do it honestly and you kind of diffuse that anger or do something to transform it, you know, there are many ways. Uh, that thing is not going to go anywhere, especially because you know. Uh, By the way, we're supposed to make jokes. Oh. Uh, we shouldn't be too serious. We're not professionals. Becoming, you know, I don't write jokes. You know, you need to be a professional. Well, you got a comedian. cup of coffee today. You should be able to come up with a joke. Yeah. Um, nothing. Now we're actually ne nearing our end here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has gone very quickly, and we haven't definitely not come up with any way of changing your habits. Mm. So we definitely have to continue another time on this one. 
there's a lot of stuff that you wanted to talk about that we didn't even go into. So yeah, we definitely go on on this one. Uh, there will be a continuation. Yeah. So we are continuing our habit of not finishing our podcast topics. But we're also uh, reinforcing the habit of keeping it short. Yeah, which is a good one. Yeah. And still no jokes. No, I'm, you know, uh, you can, you can, <laughs> you can bring a book with jokes next time. It's nothing there. <laughs> no, that might not work so well. Uh, so anyway, maybe we'll wrap it up for today. So <clears throat> you'll find us at safespace.tumblr.com or on Twitter, safespace2012. And yeah, let us know what you think, what you want us to talk about, or if you want us to shut up also, that's fine. You can go to the iTunes podcast section and find us there under Safe Space, and you can leave a comments, review, or rate our show. And we are always happy to hear from anybody. Literally anybody. Anybody, anything, really. Even you could send us a joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that will be fun. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back in about two weeks. Bye. Bye.